0: hey everybody out there in podcast land what is up set off those bottle rockets light those roman candles it is a long four day fourth of july weekend hopefully for you i hate to say fourth of july weekend is four days when i know some of you hard-working people out there We're going to have to work at least Monday, if not through the entire weekend, so I apologize if you have to, but you still have the Fortress of Rock to get you through Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. Glad to have you aboard as always. Let us get into a jam-packed episode of the fortress of rock episode 98 last day of june june the 30th 2023 ever closer to that historic 100th episode just a few weeks away but as always we start off with news of the world our tribute to freddie mercury and queen Lots of interesting things to discuss here in news of the world. So let's get into it. Let's start off with Elton John. Elton John performed his final show in the UK. If you want to believe it, you can believe it. I do believe it in this case. I do believe Elton John is not BSing anybody. I think he is going to wrap everything up here on the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour. He's not going to pull a Motley Crue or a Who. So June the 25th, played in Glastonbury. Again, his final show in the UK. He does have some other European dates, technically ending his farewell tour July the 8th in Stockholm, Sweden. Doesn't necessarily sound like the place I would expect one of the greatest rock stars of all time to end his live career, but you do what the logistics tell you to do. Now a tour that has been delayed is madonna madonna is in intensive care in an icu unit with a serious bacterial infection stop it i hear you snickering out there you stop it the material girl is sick i don't want you reading into serious bacterial infection any more than you should But this, unfortunately, has delayed the start of Horror Current Tour. In terms of new music from old bands, we've got some interesting stuff. A Lost Track from Steely Dan. If you still care about Steely Dan, I do kind of. They were a a band that my mother loved. She loved the song Peg. Um, So they kind of do hold a place in my rock and roll heart. For me overall, they're okay. They're, They're not bad. I'll listen to the greatest hits. Let's put it that way. They're a greatest hits band to me. But a lost Steely Dan song that I guess has been floating around in the internet ether for a long time, has finally officially surfaced. Song from 1979, I believe that would be the sessions for, was it Gaucho? Song called The Second Arrangement. Will we ever hear it? in a more polished official version, who knows? Rumors are ZZ Top is finally finishing up a new album. And because this album has taken a long time to put together, this is the follow-up to La Futura, So we're looking at, again, this seems to be a pattern about a decade since La Futura came out. So, of course, there were recordings featuring the late great bassist Dusty Hill. So what we're going to hear, supposedly, according to Billy Gibbons, on three or four of the tracks on the upcoming new ZZ Top album, we will hear Dusty Hill and the new bassist of course the technician who stepped in took over for dusty hill after his demise and is now the full-time member of the trio elwood francis dusty hill and elwood francis will be trading bass licks on again three or four songs it sounds like on this upcoming zz top album very interesting we know about the ongoing fighting between Mick Mars and motley crew lawsuits public sniping well Mick Mars says he is working on a solo album let's hope he's got guest vocalists The album, he says, is called Another Side of Mars. Okay. Interesting. Yes, I get it. McMars, Another Side of Mars, the intergalactic stuff. Very clever. I'm not taking sides here, but I, for one, am very intrigued to hear Motley Crue with John Five, who I've always liked on guitar. And I'm not ripping on Mick Mars. But his condition, his medical condition had to have limited him. So I think this is another example of yours, mine and the truth. You got Motley Crew, you got Mick Mars and the truth lies somewhere in between. But if Mick Morris puts out this solo album, we'll definitely talk about it and review it here on the Fortress of Rock. My man, Sammy Hagar. I mean, this really doesn't mean much. This is about a bunch of people sponsoring you and you have enough money to put up. Sammy Hagar is getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, so kudos to Sammy, yay, again, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is not really what you think it is, kind of like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame isn't really what you think it is. Interesting news in the world of art. Yes, you heard me right. The world of art. Frank Frazetta. You should know who that is if you're of my generation. Frank Frazetta is the most prominent fantasy artist of all time. I don't think i'm stretching it there i think that's an easy call frank frazetta made a painting years and years decades ago dark kingdom now dark kingdom became the cover for molly hatchet's classic album flirting with disaster Well, that painting that is the cover for Molly Hatchett's classic album just sold at auction for a record, $6 million. That's right, kids, $6 million. And I believe Molly Hatchett used at least two other paintings of his I know they used one on their debut album, and I believe they used one on the third album. Six million dollars. And I mean, it's an impressive picture. But again, you've got to be into that whole Conan the Barbarian sci-fi swords and sorcery type of thing. It's an impressive painting. But again, 6 million. Wow. Couple of notes on TV and streaming. First up, debuting July the 18th on Paramount Plus. If you have it, this sounds like a show you definitely want to check out. A three part documentary series. Called I Wanna Rock. Yes, it is about 80s metal. It will be interesting to see how good this documentary is. I have watched a lot, as you can imagine, a lot of documentaries about bands from the 80s, music from the 80s. And usually they are pieced together through stock footage they don't have a lot of new insight they don't offer anything groundbreaking earth-shattering but we'll see i will give it a shot again paramount plus five dollars a month not terrible debuting july the 18th i want to rock documentary about 80s metal now PBS is weird. PBS is, I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions at PBS, but I'm saying it's very hard. It's been this way for decades, very hard to figure out when PBS, your local PBS affiliate is going to air a show. Sometimes they'll air it when they're supposed to, when it's recommended. Sometimes they don't air it at all. Sometimes they air it on a two or three or even a week delay. So with that in mind, PBS tomorrow, technically, supposedly, tomorrow night is starting a great series, at least through the month of July, called With, W-I-T-H, With, where Major rock stars get interviewed by sycophants, people I really don't like. I'll explain that in a minute, but at least we get to hear the words of some really impressive rock stars talking about the creative process. I'll tell you this. I looked at my local affiliates wanted to drop it onto my DVR. Now a nice side effect was I finally decided let's put Austin city limits on there because Stevie Ray Vaughan, at least here locally where I am Saturday nights, got a great live performance from Austin city limits, the late great Stevie Ray Vaughan. So I digress, but number one, DVR Austin city limits, But if you can find this with, on your local PBS affiliate, I would recommend DVRing it supposedly tomorrow night. Again, not on my affiliate. Tomorrow night, July the 1st, is the first installment featuring somebody who's going to be talked about a lot, a whole heck of a lot, on this episode, John Mellencamp. Now, unfortunately, he is being interviewed by one Bob Costas, one of the most arrogant, pretentious individuals the world has ever seen. Wow. I can't believe they can fit these two egos in the same room. And I'm saying that as a fan of John Mellencamp. But some of the other shows coming up throughout July, five episodes, include Peter Frampton, Mike Campbell, of course, of the, the late, great Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Angus Young and Brian Johnson of ACDC, and then, of course, the Tedeschi Trucks Band, Now, in a couple of these episodes, of course, Mellencamp's the only one that has to deal with Bob Costas, but again, a couple of these other episodes, you have to deal with the overblown, overrated face of Rolling Stone, not Jan Wenner, but David Frick. Frick him. But I definitely think you got to tune in just to hear The thoughts from these artists because this is an impressive lineup again I hope where you are your PBS affiliate is a little more clear-cut they're carrying it when it's supposed to be carried starting tomorrow night July the 1st Saturday night with John Mellencamp interviewed by Bob Costas right so wrapping up news of the world a little bit of a commentary note here we all know again my generation sorry i'm not trying to exclude anybody my generation grew up with billy joel at his peak billy joel could do no wrong well an innocent man the album eh. the song great the album eh. but we all know we didn't start the fire and it gets to me gets bashed here in retrospect way too f- too, too much criticism goes way too far for this song it's just a fun song a history lesson in, what, four minutes? Take it for what it is. Is it emblematic of his catalog? No. It's a diversion. It's It goes off the beaten path a little bit. But give it, it's number one. He made a boat ton of money off of it. Number one song, so can't criticize him for that it's not a sellout song per se it's really not but of course in this day and age with creative bankruptcy run amok we have to get an updated version of we didn't start the fire from fallout boy and i'm kind of tired of this and i know cover songs they're a grand tradition. Obviously, we go back decades and decades and decades, all the way back to the Beatles with cover songs. But it seems like everybody now, because they can't come up with their own original material, they have to do cover songs. We've got bands doing different versions of their own songs. Look at Def Leppard here recently with the symphony arrangements of their biggest hits. But I'm tired of this. I am tired of fallout boy, putting out their updated version with newer history of we didn't start the fire. I have heard versions of Simon and Garfunkel sounds of silence not one but two versions of Genesis songs, Land of Confusion, Jesus, He Knows Me. Come up with your own ideas and your own material. Why don't you establish your own identity? This is why I can't stand newer music. I just can't stand it. There are exceptions, of course. Bands like Godsmack, Nickelback at least know when they do a cover song, they put it on as a bonus track or maybe an extra track on a greatest hits compilation. They don't put it smack dab in the middle of an album of original material and act like they're doing something wonderful and new and groundbreaking. And that sets them apart from all these other face tattooed bands that I can't stand. Yes, you know who you are. Five Finger Death Punch. And finally, wrapping up news of the world. A moment of silence for an albeit brief stint with Megadeth, but Lee Rauch appeared on early Megadeth demos. Drummer of course, didn't carry on with the band through their, their heyday, their golden years, but still part of rock and roll history. So thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Lee route. And that is going to do it for me and you here on the fortress of rock for segment one. But of course we mentioned There is a certain performer from Southern Indiana who is going to dominate a large part of the rest of this podcast. We've talked about it for weeks. It's coming up after a quick promo break in the breakdown segment. John Mellencamp, brand new album, Orpheus Descending, and the first concert review I've had in four months. John Mellencamp live last Saturday, June the 24th at the Morris in South Bend, Indiana. So stay tuned for about a minute. Let's all take a quick break, catch our breath, and we'll be back with a lot of talk about John Mellencamp. Stay tuned, kids. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, of course. That was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes. Breakdown, where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums, all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally. Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Hang out, kids. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment two of The Fortress of Rock, episode 98 here, June the 30th, 2023. I have been teasing it for weeks and weeks. This breakdown segment, of course, break down our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers is pretty much, with one small exception at the end, all about John Mellencamp. Not only do we have a review of Orpheus descending his brand new album, but I have a review first and foremost of John Mellencamp Live this past Saturday night, June the 24th, at the Morris in downtown South Bend, Indiana. Now, all I heard was negative stuff leading into this show. All I heard was. The trouble he had in Cincinnati, I believe it was, where somebody yelled out during one of his stories, and he tells a couple stories, prefacing a few songs, about a third of the way through the concert. Somebody's yelling out, just shut up and play a song. And that set him off, and he threatened to walk off the stage, yada, yada, yada. And of course, John Mellencamp has become extremely prickly over the years, extremely grumpy. His voice is fading. The cigarettes are taking their toll. He, he claims, I'm not a jukebox. I hear all this and that leads me to believe, oh boy, that means he's not going to play his hits. He's complained in the past about doesn't like playing Jack and Diane, doesn't like playing Hurts So Good. So I didn't know what to expect. And then a friend of mine who I went to the show with told me she had talked to some people for the Friday night show because he played two nights in South Bend, the 23rd and the 24th. She'd heard that he was a little grumpy Friday night. The sound wasn't good. There was a spoken word interlude about halfway through the show that you really couldn't understand again, possibly a sound issue. And I'm thinking, oh boy, you know, we're going to get all of these songs that he's been playing over the last 15 years or so as he's been exploring more the Bob Dylan, the Woody Guthrie-type territory that he he seems to love more now than, than actually playing rock and roll. So, the night didn't start off all that great, because I had heard, again, from a couple different people, that there is no opening act, there is a 30-minute film, irritatingly projected from behind the screen. So you're sitting there trying to watch this basically promo for Turner Classic Movies, where John Mellencamp talks every seven or eight minutes about storytelling and the how these movies influenced him and others, movies that starred James Dean and Marlon Brando but you've got this big bulb from a projector behind the screen, basically destroying the mood. And then of course the people in the audience and I can't blame them. They don't want this. They're talking, they're chattering amongst themselves. They're going to get adult beverages or wondering if they can get a t-shirt before 8.30 when the show is scheduled to actually officially start. So again, starting off on a downer note. Then, 8.30, show starts, screen comes up, there's the band. Awesome stage set, again, hearkening back to that Turner Classic Movies old-school movie theme that's been established and immediately they break into an I don't want to say an obscure but a a lesser known song from Life, Death, Love and Freedom, an album he put out 15 years ago that to my knowledge nobody really listened to, including me. If the song is John Cocker's. It's not a bad song, don't get me wrong. But again, my my brain is telling me worst fears realized, worst fears realized. If we're going to start off with John Cocker's, what does that mean for the rest of the night? Well, that was it. After that, I didn't have to have any kind of worries, fear, or trepidation because we go paper and fire, Minutes to Memories, by the way, vastly underrated song from Scarecrow. Loved the fact that he put this into the set. Small Town, Human Wheels, again, another nice, a hit song, but a nice addition that you might not have expected to hear. Jackie Brown, check it out. So you get six major songs in a row from his catalog, well-known songs. And then this is the point in time where he goes acoustic for two songs, telling stories to preface the two songs. Number one, The Eyes of Portland, the only song that he played off his brand new album, Orpheus Descending. And a little bit of a spoiler alert before we get into the review of the album, the story he tells, the inspiration for the song, his performance gives the song a lot more meaning and gravitas than you really get from just listening to it as the second track on Orpheus Descending. And then the second song where he has a story concerning his, his grandmother, which is just awesome. Just an awesome, awesome story before the song longest days, which is again off this to me, at least little known album, life, death, love, and freedom. And I own all of his albums. I own life death love and freedom and i really just have never listened to it because he has been down a different path a path that i necessarily am not a fan of for at least two decades if not longer but the songs were good they fit well into the flow of the night then we get a fun version, another acoustic song. This is the third acoustic song featuring just John Mellencamp in a row, where he breaks into, yes, Jack and Diane. And of course, he chastises the audience because we didn't sing it the right way. We skipped. And so he has to tell us about the song structure and how a song structure works and how we are screwing up jack and diane as we sing along with it so we get of course a reprieve we get one more shot to get it right and of course i heard from somebody later on after the fact the friday night show he did the same thing in fact the set list for the friday night show was identical to what we got saturday night But that was that that was it. I mean, it was hit songs the rest of the way. After the Jack and Diane acoustic sing along, he did take a break. This is where they did the spoken word um, interlude, where they brought out Lisa Germano, his longtime on and off violin fiddle player, to play accompaniment for. Joanne Woodward, who he had become very good friends with, the great actress, of course, married to Paul Newman, featured again in that Turner Classic Movies promo that played before the concert. She read the words, the lyrics to one of his songs, The Real Life, off the Lonesome Jubilee. Now... As I mentioned, I'd heard that Friday night, you couldn't understand it. The band, the, the performers, the musicians were drowning it out. I did not get that at all. I thought it came off without a hitch. And overall the sound was very good for the show, except for again, that 30 minute film that we were subjected to before the concert itself then after that you just get hit after hit after hit you get rain on the scarecrow my personal favorite lonely old night what if i came knocking then you get a great crumbling down with the classic song gloria in the middle pink houses cherry bomb and hurts so good yes he played that as well so i guess all the stories about him being so grumpy so prickly that he is not going to play his biggest hit songs all a bunch of bs phenomenal show this is the fourth time in my life i've seen him he does not disappoint and despite all the negativity going in he did not disappoint again. Very very strong review here. I cannot recommend seeing John Mellencamp live anymore. Now the, this of course this particular tour is done and over now as you're listening to this. So you've got to hope that here in another year or two he's going out again. I I got to tell you, go see John Mellencamp if you've never seen him before ignore all the bad stuff you hear about him he is a great performer great one of the best but now we move on from john mellencamp live to john mellencamp and his new music orpheus descending the brand new album. Now, I will always give credit where credit is due when it comes to artists like John Mellencamp, like Dave Grohl, Miles Kennedy of Alter Bridge. Constantly recording, constantly creating, constantly performing. That is what they do. And that's why I love and respect and admire them so much. They don't take seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years off between albums and we've talked a lot about queens of the stone age upcoming the hives matchbox 20 bands that are taking decades off between recordings that tells me there's something there they're not quite the musical savants that they think they are Springsteen's another one that comes to mind in terms of the good. Springsteen continuously producing content. So in that sense, I give John Mellencamp a world of credit. Strictly a One-Eyed Jack, his last album came out about a year and a half ago, solid. And of course, he worked on a couple songs with the aforementioned Bruce Springsteen. No flashy guest stars here on Orpheus Descending. Now, the first two singles would lead you to believe that this is going to be a heavy album in terms of political themes, the bad things going on in the world. And if you look at the, the track listing. And of course, as always, we will go track by track here through Orpheus descending. You could take the first three songs and say, Oh boy, here we go. This is going to be a 45 minute, 50 minute rant about how America is awful and America is terrible. And we're not doing the right things for this segment, or this group, because it starts off with the first two singles. Lead-off track is Hey God, of course, about gun violence in America, and we've reviewed this in the past on The Fortress. Musically, it's pretty solid. Lyrically, it's divisive. You take it as you want to take it. I think this is the trap with writing a song about a political hot button topic is that you're going to get some of your fans are going to love it. Some of your fans are going to hate it. And again, you express yourself, you do it on an album where I know it's coming, not in a concert venue. And again, I admire the fact completely admire the fact that john mellencamp in concert toned it down did not force his viewpoints on us completely and totally admire him for that billy joe armstrong of green day bruce springsteen could take notes from the subtlety of john mellencamp now on the album I'm shelling out my 12 bucks I know what I'm getting going in I'm fine with it so again hey God is a a good song musically you take the lyrics for what you will and you can say the same about the second song the only new song that he played in concert the eyes of Portland now musically this one is weaker much weaker than hey God This song is about the homeless problem in America. And of course, the line that sticks with you, for better or for worse, is your tears and prayers won't help the homeless. So basically, John Mellencamp wants us to just throw money at the problem, is what it sounds like. And again, just like the first song, pol- political leanings, political viewpoints are going to color your overall opinion of this song. So again, you take it for what you will. Musically, weak. In concert, live, the story he told to preface the song, the performance, much stronger, left me with a much greater amount of respect let's put it that way a greater amount of respect for this song than just listening to it here as the second track on orpheus descending then of course the politics kind of continue in a more subdued way with track three the so-called free and this one kind of sounds a little bit like rehashed mellencamp and we've we've talked about this a lot recently with the Foo Fighters, even with Queens of the Stone Age. Despite the fact I loved love that album in Times New Roman, but we're starting to hear these older artists that have been around. I mean, Mellencamp's case, almost fifty years. But even bands that have been around just since the nineties, like Foo and. Q-O-T-S-A, that are starting to repeat themselves, starting to sound redundant, pulling out what we would call their old bag of tricks. So that's kind of why the so-called free doesn't do much for me. It's catchy. Maybe there's a part of me that likes it because it sounds like something maybe left off the Lonesome Jubilee or Big Daddy. Then we get to track four which i think is arguably one of the two strongest songs on the album that would be the kindness of lovers the lyrics here are classic classic top shelf top level john mellencamp the opening line there are only two cigarettes that matter the first one and the last one you smoke is brilliant brilliant put aside any hate you have for the tobacco industry it's a great line it is a brilliant line it is a rock and roll line now this is kind of a a mid-tempo to downbeat song but it is just so well written and this one plays into the husky cigarette-scarred voice that Mellencamp has now. But going back to him in concert, I thought he sounded really strong. But now, on his records here lately, he seems to play up the whole gravelly, phlegmy voice. Unfortunately, after The Kindness of Lovers, we get to Amen which is really the first, do I want to say bad song on the album? It's just dull. It's just a dull, dull song. And again, this is kind of characteristic of the last handful of John Mellencamp albums. You'll get some good stuff and you're going to get this dull, folksy stuff that seems uninspired and unfocused. But then we jump back into the good stuff. Along with the Kindness of Lovers track six, the title track, Orpheus Descending, is spectacular. It's reminiscent of the theme from The Sopranos. I'm telling you, listen to the theme from The Sopranos and then listen to Orpheus Descending and tell me if they don't sound similar. Great chorus in this song. Of course, I try to keep... The fortress clean. So, I will paraphrase. If there's a will, there's got to be a way. If there's a will, there's always an effing way. And you got to listen to his delivery, it is spectacular. So, probably the title track would be my favorite. followed by The Kindness of Lovers. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm spoiling things because we got five songs left. So that tells you that you're not getting top shelf stuff for the rest of Orpheus Descending. Understated Reverence, track seven. It's okay. Again, another slow to mid-tempo meditation. Track eight, One More Trick is good. The wink, wink rascal that we remember from the seventies and the eighties, John Mellencamp, he's got one more trick up his sleeve as he's facing the noose. He's facing the end of days, but he has one more trick up his sleeve. The last good song on the album, unfortunately, cause then we get lightning and luck. Track nine, it's okay, but really trying to, to be the storyteller here. It doesn't really work all that well. I didn't see it as a cohesive story song, mildly catchy. Again, same thing can be said about track 10, perfect world. It's a near miss. 9 and 10, Lightning and Luck and Perfect World sound like they were good ideas for songs, but they never became fully formed. And then, I don't know about track 11, Backbone. Maybe I lump that in with 9 and 10. Another song idea that was never fully formed, that never really... Reached the finish line in terms of where it could have gone, what it could have been. So how do I rate Orpheus descending? It's good. I'll probably listen to it again. Unlike (laughs) life, death, love, and freedom where obviously it seems like I missed something. If he's playing songs 15 years later off that album, In concert. It'll be good background music, Orpheus Descending, but I'm still going to defer to all the old classic. I'm going to be listening to American Fool, Lonesome Jubilee, Scarecrow, Nothing Matters, and What If It Did? Well, well before I'm going to pull out Orpheus Descending. So there you go, kids. That is your John Mellencamp breakdown segment. But, but not quite done yet. One song to review outside of John Mellencamp. You could say this, this man is kind of a peer, a little bit older, not much, a little bit older than John Mellencamp new song from alice cooper i'm alice kind of like his theme song here in his latter days as a musician it's kind of fun i enjoyed it sounds well produced sharp of course he's got a ridiculously good backing band the whole idea behind his upcoming album is that he's got his touring band with him in the studio trying to recapture the magic that he feels they've got when they do a concert, but he wants to translate that into the studio. I guess he feels like his work in the studio has been lacking. And I Am Alice is pretty good. It's a a pretty good first shot across the bow, let's say at times reminiscent a little bit of old Bon Scott ACDC. Listen to the song and and you'll kind of get what I'm talking about there. But uh, yeah, I'm Alice, very solid first release off the upcoming album, Road. So uh, next time he puts out a single, We'll go ahead and review it. We're not going to treat him like Greta Van Fleet. I just saw they put out their fourth single from their upcoming album. And I am not touching it with a 10-foot pole after being disappointed so badly, so miserably with the first three singles. I'm done. I told you I'm done. I'm out on Greta Van Fleet. Alice Cooper, different story. Check out I'm Alice. Check out Orpheus Descending. Definitely next time around, if he comes near you or comes to your town, definitely check out John Mellencamp Live. Don't have too many more chances left, kids. He's in his 70s. And as he admits during his shows, With all the cigarette smoking he ain't making it to 90. all right that's going to do it for breakdown segment two is done but my man doc brown firing up the rock and roll delorean to 1.21 gigawatts we are getting ready to go back in time i want to go back is up next on the fortress of rock quick promo We'll be right back. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned, and as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Fortress of Rock, segment three. Doc Brown and I strapped in in the time stream with the rock and roll DeLorean going back in time. I want to go back. Of course, as always, segment three, our tribute to the late great Eddie money, birthdays, anniversaries of classic album and song releases and moments in rock and roll history. But of course, this is always a time where I have to do some business. First up, let's twist things around a little bit. Let's do a 180. Let's start off with our sources. I cannot do this alone. I need you to listen and I need help in terms of ideas. When it comes to, especially segment one, news of the world and segment three here, I wanna go back and I have three main sources. For the stories and the ideas. But keep in mind, the opinions, sometimes heated and passionate, are mine and mine alone. UltimateClassicRock.com, ThisDayInMusic.com, and of course, the mighty Van Halen News Desk. Now, got some sad news to pass along when it comes to the platforms, the options where you can find the Fortress of Rock each and every Friday night. We are losing in two months. We are losing one of our major platforms. They are shutting down. No, we didn't do anything to offend them. Something has gone wrong. They can't sustain it. I don't know what the problem is, but stitcher is leaving us on august the 29th so if you have stitcher and you listen to the fortress of rock through stitcher please make note of where else you can find us and where else you can listen to us that includes spotify google radio public pocket casts apple overcast Casbox. Amazon Music, Audible, and iHeartRadio. And of course, don't forget to check out the Facebook page, especially on the weekends where, number one, you find a link to the brand new podcast episode. Number two, you have every Friday night the Weekend Rock Project. Going to do a little tie-in with wrestling this weekend, this long four-day weekend money in the bank wwe overseas in london doing their annual money in the bank competition their premium live event so let's get your best songs on the fortress of rock facebook page that include the word money bank cash whatever tie it into moolah The green stuff we will be pretty fun, pretty liberal here with the rules this weekend, so jump on and tell us at the Fortress of Rock what your favorite rock songs are that have money, cash, bank in the title. And then, of course, this Sunday will be New Music Sunday. Every Sunday afternoon, we have a new song for you, a new video, most likely something we have discussed here on the Fortress of Rock in the current episode. I have a feeling I pretty much know what Sunday's song is going to be, but you'll have to wait till the next segment to get a better idea of what that song will be on the Facebook page, New Music Sunday. All right, Doc Brown, pretty uh, overwhelmed here. Got a handkerchief out, dabbing sweat off his brow, because we have got a ton to talk about here. This is going to be a very full segment of I Want to Go Back. Let's start off with birthdays. June the 30th, 1968. For you metalheads out there, when I say metalheads, I mean heavy, heavy metal. Phil Anselmo of Pantera, born on this day, June the 30th, 1968. Guitar God, Ingve Malmsteen, born on this day in 1963 just a couple years older than me and look how much he's accomplished as i sit in my basement and talk to you just kidding just kidding very happy i love doing this now to me this birthday this week might be the most significant june the 30th 1960 producer brendan o'brien was born. Brendan O'Brien has 14 number one albums in the US as a producer. Let me give you some of the names of the bands and the performers he has those number one albums with. And you tell me if I am overstating the fact that this man is much more significant in the history of rock and roll that he then he gets credit for Brendan O'Brien has produced number one albums in the US for Pearl Jam the Red Hot Chili Peppers AC DC the Black Crows Bruce Springsteen and Aerosmith among others Wow you think about that you do some research You go online and you look up these albums that he's produced. Phenomenal track record as a producer. Right up there with the likes of Rick Rubin, Mutt Lang, one of the greatest rock and roll producers of the last 50 years. Going back to 1956, June the 30th, of course. Adrian Wright, a member of the Human League. No, not the Human Fund from Seinfeld, the Human League. Of course, a couple of mammoth, massive hits, including Don't You Want Me. Human League was one of those prototypical 80s bands. Culture Club, soft sell you know the 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 synth heavy but it's stuff we loved it's stuff we still loved i'm not ripping on them i'm just saying you had your rock and roll you had your 80s hair metal you had the legacy acts like heart trying to resuscitate their career But then you had, again, the prototypical 80s bands. Level 42 comes to mind. You know who I'm talking about. Human League, definitely one of them. June the 30th, 1949. In my opinion, one of the most underrated bands in rock and roll history guitarist Andy Scott was born on this day in 1949. He played guitar for Sweet. Dude, sweet. Sorry, another pop culture reference. I'm getting off track here. Dude, where's my car? Sometimes I'll have sometimes I'll have to tell you the story about how I got the people at work wonderful awesome people at a job I had decades ago down in Kissimmee, Florida. When my wife at the time was getting ready to give birth to my one and only daughter, the light of my life. No, she never drives me crazy, but scanning stuff at Target for the wedding registry, for the, for the, sorry, for the the birth registry, the baby registry. You know, you scan the the strollers, you, you scan the crib, you scan packs of diapers and formula. Well, I scan baseball cards and movies and somebody actually went ahead, God bless them, and bought me a copy of Dude Where's My Car. Dude, sweet. Greatest group of people I have ever worked with in my life. Not just because they bought me an Ashton Kutcher comedy. And Sean William Scott. But Sweet, the band, had some unbelievably influential hits that still to this day resonate. Fox on the Run. Love is like Oxygen. Little Willie. Ballroom Blitz. Again, one of the most underrated bands of all time, in my humble opinion. Sweet. And another underrated band. Let's wrap up birthdays with yet another underrated band. And you're gonna you guys out there are gonna start the laughter because it's a little bit of a, a yacht rock type of band but i just listened to them the other day i don't have their whole catalog i don't even have any of their regular albums i just have their greatest hits but their greatest hits phenomenal going all the way back to june the 30th of 1944 glenn shorrock was born glenn shorrock vocalist for the little river band i'm sorry guilty pleasure listen to their greatest hits there's really not a bad song in the bunch happy anniversary reminiscing man on your mind night owls they're good songs they're really good songs. Happy birthday, Glenn Sharrock All right, let's move on to anniversaries. Of course, unfortunately, every time we get the anniversaries, there's going to be death. There's going to be bad stuff to go along with some of the good stuff. So by now, you and I should should be prepared for this. So a couple here, two or three. Downer notes to start off anniversaries here, and I want to go back. June the 30th, 2004, Dave Davies, of course, along with his brother Ray, founding members of the Kinks. Unfortunately, on this day in 2004, Dave Davies suffered a debilitating stroke that he is still dealing with here almost 20 years later. June the 30th, 2001, guitar legend Chet Atkins died. June the 30th, 2000, eight people were trampled to death at the Ross Festival outside of Copenhagen during a performance by Pearl Jam. Okay, bad stuff out of the way, like ripping off the Band-Aid, right off, rip it right off. Let's get into some more fun stuff for the remainder here of our anniversaries in I Want to Go Back. June the 30th, 1984, Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark peaked at number two on the u.s singles charts of course dancing in the dark the first single from the mammoth landmark hit album born in the usa which spawned i believe half a dozen top 10 songs in the u.s dancing in the dark by far the weakest by far the worst We all remember the video with a young Courtney Cox coming up on stage to dance with hunky Bruce Springsteen. Even the greats like Bruce Springsteen have multiple missteps in their career. Now, I'm sure he won't say that was a misstep. But coming from the guy who... Gave us Born to Run, Badlands, The Promised Land. This is just a bad single and a bad video to launch a pretty good album. Overplayed over the years. I haven't listened to the album in decades because I've heard all those songs pretty much enough. Maybe at some point I'll pull it out again and listen to it but i don't need to hear glory days again i don't need to hear the title track again i don't need to hear i am on fire again june the 30th 1979 again i've told you guys i kind of have an affinity for the disco years back in the mid mid to late 70s just that's my milieu that's the type of music that helped formed who i am today when it comes to my opinions and my knowledge of music one hit wonder but it was a great song for the era for the time anita ward was number one on the u.s singles chart with ring my bell i will not sing it you don't want to hear that i don't want to hear it nobody wants to hear it but catchy and infectious go on spotify and listen to anita wards ring my bell number one today in the u.s in 1979 now we go to june the 30th 1977 and oh boy This satisfies so many levels of the geek in me, it's ridiculous. Not only music, but comic books. On this day in 1977, Marvel Comics released a Kiss comic book that featured red ink, that was mixed with the blood of all four members of KISS. Documented. A professional drew blood from all four members. Paul, Gene, Peter, and Ace put the blood in a vat of red ink that was used to press this Marvel KISS comic book. Awesome story. I'm sorry, just an awesome story. Nothing is more rock and roll than that. June the 30th, 1975, the doomed marriage, and I don't mean it in a death, tragic, disfigurement, dismemberment type of way, but just one of those celebrity marriages that you knew was never ever ever going to last Cher and Greg Allman were married on this day in 1975. Then finally even though we all acknowledge the fact that the most famous concert over in Japan at the Budokan was cheap trick on this day june the 30th 1966 (sighs) ho-hum the beatles played the first of three performances at the budokan in japan who are the beatles who are they they don't compare to cheap trick come on we all know this Just kidding. Kind of. All right, kids. Segment three is done. We have got one final segment, though, as you know, after a quick promo break to talk about the music we will be reviewing here for the rest of July. It's not even July yet. Starting tomorrow. Tomorrow. All the music, the concerts, the songs, at least to this point that I know I will be reviewing for you in July 2023. It is time to wrap it up. I'll be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, everybody. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Did the bard say that was that shakespeare who was that yeah it's okay it's not the best line you and i know there are plenty of other great lines out there in rock and roll songs from the 60s 70s 80s and up until today that top that but it's kind of a poetic way to say it is time for wrap it up here on the fortress of rock Fourth and final segment, where we will discuss, even though it's the last day of June, what we're going to be reviewing throughout the month of July, the dog days of summer. Next week, our featured album review will be Aaron Jones, Chronicles of the Kid. Second album from him. Like the first one, I have my issues with him, but uh, he is one of those young artists who can really, when he hits the right notes, when he doesn't overreach or doesn't try to do too much and expand into too many different genres, is phenomenal, truly phenomenal talent. So next week. Aaron Jones Chronicles of the Kid is our featured album review. And that will be episode 99. In two weeks, episode 100, I am thinking we are going to do an all out retrospective of the greatest of all time. Concerts, albums, songs, moments in rock history, in my humble opinion. I feel like I need to make episode 100 special. Plus, I don't think we've got an album that we're going to be able to review for that show. That's going to be in a downtime for concert reviews as well. So, it's perfect. Now, next week, I will also be playing catch-up with all of these songs that I have been promising you. So not only are you going to get Aaron Jones, but I am going to review Paul Rogers' new song. Of course, Paul Rogers of Bad Company, Living It Up. Listen to it today, not bad. Need to give it a little bit more in terms of listens to give you a fair and full review. Two songs from Rick Springfield, Automatic, the title track from his upcoming new album, and She Walks with the angels Mm -hmm. that one i have also sampled again not bad interesting still debating whether or not i'm going to review more new dolly parton probably will still review the one with rob halford bygones we're still looking at pretenders we're still looking at peter gabriel and now the one addition to the list that will definitely be reviewed in breakdown next week which of course will be july the 7th the third single from the upcoming second album from mammoth wvh mammoth Two. take a bow now the story behind this song is very very interesting in that wolfgang van halen plays his dad's old red white and black frankenstein guitar and the guitar solo on this again i have sampled this one as well is haunting i'm not saying the song overall is great but the guitar solo is mesmerizing you can hear i am not overstating this you can o- you can hear his father a ghost of his father taking over wolfgang's fingers and playing that guitar i am not kidding you you listen to it before i get to the review next week and you drop me a line on the facebook page you let me know it sounds eerily For about 30 seconds like we're listening to Eddie Van Halen and concerts in terms of concerts we just gave you John Mellencamp here earlier this is the last little dull period before we get into eight or nine straight weeks of concert reviews at the end of the month we will have a review of Foreigner and Loverboy for you. And then again, it's going to be every week after that. The week after that will be Party Gras featuring Brett Michaels, Night Ranger, Jefferson Starship. After that, Matchbox 20. It will go, I'm not kidding you. I am not overstating this, kids. We're literally looking at eight straight weeks of concert reviews starting here I believe it will be the July 28th episode where we will start every week all the way through into pretty much mid-September with a concert review every week for you here on The Fortress. So taking my vitamins, trying to get in shape because with 40 hours a week at work, concerts, every weekend, it is going to be a busy, busy time for the maestro. And that means a busy, busy time for you as well. So I will leave you to your hopefully fantastic, peaceful, wonderful, fun, exciting, long Fourth of July weekend. Enjoy it. Listen to some good rock and roll. Cue up the fireworks on Tuesday with some great rock and roll. And as always, love the one you're with. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. As always, thank you very much for indulging me for an hour, hour and 15 minutes each and every Friday as we talk about the music that shaped us, that moved us, that was our constant companion our best friend when we were growing up. Take care. I will talk to you in seven days.